Welcome to the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast, where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United States Military Academy Class of 1991. The Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast with your host, Jamie Schleck, starts now. Well, hello, hello. Uh, this is Jamie Schleck, class of 91, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, try this out here, our first old grad podcast. And the concept of this is something that I talked with a few of our classmates about. Um, just an idea, just kind of shooting the bull with somebody over a couple beers. It wouldn't be cool to just kind of have some random interviews with classmates from years talking about talking about their history, talking about what they've been doing since graduation or since they, you know, or in the army or whatever. And, uh, this is an opportunity, I think for us to, 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 I think do four things. Number one, uh, to foster continued connections among our classmates. Um, and, uh, number two, uh, I want to make sure that we also remember our fallen classmates. And, uh, number three, I think we want to also find an opportunity to get closer to the activities of West Point and specifically to increase awareness around our class giving goals. You may know that I'm the class giving officer and uh, we have a goal of being the most generous class in terms of participation rate in the history of the academy and I think that we're uh, well on our way to being there. And I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can continue to foster uh, the generosity of our classmates, but also talk about the importance of that class gift. And finally, uh, the opportunity to celebrate the accomplishments of our fellow classmates and where needed to lift them up as well. Um, going back, I mean, upcoming events, I just saw posted on Facebook, uh, we've got the 150-pound uh, football uh, weekend, August 23rd to 25th, and our classmate, uh, Mark West, who's the coach of the 150-pound football team, hosts an awesome weekend, and uh, you get to suit up and, uh, and you get to play against the cadets, and I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've always wanted to do it, I just haven't got a chance to do it, and I'm hoping that this year I'll be able to do it, and uh, so I'm totally psyched about that. And secondly, in terms of uh, celebrating accomplishments of our classmates, uh, just this past weekend, uh, Dave Baxter, Company F1, had a change of command of the 30th 88 Brigade. Uh, I was honored to be able to have the opportunity to go out there to Fort Sill and, and be part of that celebration, and it was just awesome. I'm coming off of, uh, I get like that, that high after like a, a long weekend as a cadet. I just, I felt it was so great to be able to celebrate that with him and his family and uh, with some other classmates and families that were there. So it was awesome. So that's the idea. Uh, hopefully this this will uh, have some traction. Uh, my intention is to do this for probably uh, do it about once or twice a month for the balance of this year. And we'll kind of reevaluate around Christmas time about whether or not this is worthwhile and we should continue doing it. Uh, I've got some other classmates lined up for my next two episodes. Uh, the first uh, next classmate is going to be uh, Andy Hall, Colonel Andy Hall, who heads up the cyber uh, the cyber team at West Point, uh, the cyber center, and he'll talk a little bit about our class gift, which is which is really cool. And then also, uh, if I can pull this off on a remote broadcast, I would love to be able to go up to the 91 headquarters, which is uh, the garage of uh, Mark and Holly West uh, and uh, Holly Fishburn West, our classmate. Uh, they're they're at West Point and they're stationed there, and and so it would be awesome to be able to interview both of them, uh, maybe possibly that weekend, uh, August twenty third and twenty fifth. But um, and both the Wests and as well as uh, uh, 
Colonel and also Colonel Hall, um, you know, class of 91, class of 92, uh, they are uh, also parents of cadets. So we might be able to get some good perspectives on, on what it's like to be a parent of a cadet and what's going on at West Point. So, so anyway, with no further ado, my, uh, my, my first guest is the infamous John Keenan, uh, cadet company class of E3, branched air defense artillery, uh, currently working as a history and economics teacher, which we'll get to talk a lot more about. Um, he served in the Army uh, a total of six years, two and a half years in Germany, two and a half years in El Paso, one year in Fort Lewis, and, uh, and he got to, got to spend some time at the uh, 32nd ADCOM. Uh, in Bitburg, Germany, uh, the 11th 88 Brigade in Fort Lewis, and the 35th 88 Brigade in, uh, I'm sorry, 11th in uh, Fort Bliss and 35th in uh, Fort Lewis. And uh, his first job out of, uh, out of the Army was uh, working as a stockbroker. So, uh, so anyway, John, welcome. Are you, you're there on the line, right? You're able to hear me? I am. I am. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, psyched, so psyched to have you, man. Yeah. This, is, this, is, uh, this is great. Um, I know uh, you and I, we... We were, we knew each other at the academy, and we hung out a little bit, I think. But we didn't, we weren't like really close buds. But we have a lot of good friends in between us, you know. Like I know that you're like you're, we're like one step. You're like uh, Kevin Bacon of West Point, I think. You know, we're like one I step away. I can't believe you said that. Uh, <laughs> I had the same thought. Um, just looking through, uh, looking through the yearbook, and there's a lot of friends that you have in common with people. And uh, I know for me. I didn't realize what a great class we had till, you know, years removed and the reunions and stuff. I was so busy trying not to fail out that I didn't even notice all the great people we went to school with. Yeah, cool. Cool. All right, cool. Yeah, oh, by the way, I just got a note here from, uh, we got uh, Vic Lindemeyer, Holly Fishburne, Kelly Laughlin, Alex Rogers, Scott Clemenson, and Dave Peake uh, all listening in, I think, right now on the, on the line. Matt, not, Matt Lewis also. Oh, Matt Lewis. Uh, Matt Lewis, cool. <laughs> we got lots of people yeah. listening. That's, that's pretty uh, cool. No pressure, Matt. I was, I was just starting to calm down. I was nervous. <laughs> you were sending me the text leading yeah. up to this, you know, four minutes, two minutes, one minute. And I felt like Ralph Cramden and the Honeymooners right before they made that commercial. You know? <laughs> <Did> you ever... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when we were ta- we were talking before, we were talking about about your experiences at the at the different reunions, right? And uh, how how cool it was to reconnect with people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they were always way too uh, way too fast. They were way too short. And I know you said you had the same experience. And I know for me, uh, the 10th, 20th, 25th, uh, they were great times, but way too short. You it's know, just a million yeah. people. You, you see across the room, you wave to them, and you say, I'm going to go talk to him, catch up with them, and then next thing you know, they're ushering you out of there. Yeah, I know. I, I had the same feeling, man. I was like, there's just not enough time. There's so many people I want to connect with. You know, you see across the room, you talk to somebody for a second. You know, like Brian Reese, I saw. Like, I went to Ranger School with that dude. I was in OBC with him. Haven't seen him in like 15 or 20 years. And there's just not enough time, man. And Norm Litterini, another great, the best guy. I mean, Norm is like, I don't know if you know Norm. Norm is like, like I freaking, do not. He, he, he's an awesome dude. Awesome, awesome dude. And I was I like, no doubt. I called him at like the end of the night. I'm like, man, I need like a whole day here to talk to you. And like suddenly <laughs> it's, it's over, you know? So maybe that's one thing that this podcast may do for us is it's able to, we can remember these kind of like, 
people and connections and stories and and uh, you know it'll be like the way to stay connected a little bit better. So I hope so. I anyway. hope so. I hope so. I think it's a great idea, Jamie, and and I'm really looking forward to hearing the next few. And I think you could have done better with your pick of first guest, but you know, we'll have to shelve that for now. Uh, <laughs> well, you have you have a you have a very significant honor, and and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you as the first guest was which is because I I think one of my most memorable points of my cadet career was that uh, first year uh, mandatory, but everyone would have gone anyway. The mandatory. Uh, 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 seminar or speech with uh, General Schwarzkopf, and so uh, we uh, we we were there. We had we had, we graduated with about a thousand, uh, a, a little under a thousand people in our class, and uh, and uh, we had another like three thousand in, in in I call, and it was just like an epic moment. I mean, you know, I mean, thinking back to like General Schwarzkopf was probably thinking to himself like, this is my. This is my swan song. This is my ability to leave the army because he was getting out. Like obviously, he's four bagger, and he's just you know, just yeah. He's like this. Yeah, is, he this was. He... he was a big deal. I yeah. mean, he was. He was the most famous American. He was it right yeah. then. Yeah, he was like this is my General MacArthur moment. This is my ability to leave with yeah. the Corps of Cadets something that is going to last for generations, and this. Point. Very true. This is going to last for generations. So we're going to listen here. Uh, we got it teed up here. We're going to listen to the clip of uh, your infamous question. So hold on one second. So my name's Cadet Keenan from Company Echo 3. So I have a very simple question. It's just a yes or no question. I won't ask you about your long-term future or any social science questions. So I have a question about your immediate future. Um, so I don't know what your planning to do right after the lecture, but I'd be honored if you let me buy you a beer in the Firsty Club downstairs. So right there, I'm figuring, you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> what the hell? Like, was your heart pounding? Did you have, like, your balls in your throat? I mean, what was going on at this moment? Yeah, yes and yes. I, um, you know, I... I when I went up to the, the mic and uh, they had the paddle raised to indicate we had a question up in the second balcony, it was several minutes before they got to us. And and I probably chickened out 20 times in those few minutes in my mind. I said, all right, this is ridiculous. I'm going to sit down. And I said, you know what? And I was just <clears throat> just young enough and stupid enough to, to do it. Um, well, in a way, in a way, you're kind of bulletproof, right? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I think, I think we had already taken our final exams. Like, we're like, like we're we're days away from from graduation. I think at that point, right? Yeah, I think it was um, probably right before finals, right before finals. So, and uh, yeah, for the most part, they they I was that close to the finish line, so they'd have a tough time turning me around. But if you knew my <laughs> academic record. Trust me, I, I nothing was guaranteed until. They, uh, they might have slugged you. They might have slugged you on, for grad week. I can see you walking like you know twenty hours for being a dumbass or something, asking that question. Yeah, <laughs> you know when I when I look back, I, I, it's definitely more more with relief than elation or wow, look what I did. Um, I didn't realize anything until the next day in class. I had a, uh, a pretty cool young engineering captain. Uh, 
engineering professor, and he was a captain. He said, yeah, you know, you're lucky. He said, yes. There were a couple of, you know, colonels and field grades in, in my department who didn't didn't think too highly of it. Yeah, they're ready to come down on you. Captains all thought it was great. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would have been a little bit of hot water. Yeah, um, pucker factor. So, so then the first thing he says to you, we're going to listen to the, to the balance of this. The first thing he says to you is, where are you? I want to be able to see your face. That must have been the point where you were like shitting a cannonball, I think. So let, let's listen to the balance of it right now. Where are you? I want to... I want to make sure I know your face. Uh, actually, we do have plans immediately following this, uh, and unaccustomed as I am to public drinking, I will take you up on that beer, and then we will go on to the other plans, okay? If I... That was so epic, man. I'm so happy that you did that. I mean, I like... That to me, that was like just that made first a year that you asked that question. I was like, "Wow, that is just awesome." So, yeah, well, that's, I appreciate that. Um, again, I'm I'm so grateful. It's just the way he handled it too, with humor and uh, just class, and the, the way he said yes was just as just as great as the fact that he said yes. And um, you know, it's funny. I went on Facebook real quick, and I saw the picture of you holding the the, the Heineken. And the funny story there, they, they got me backstage and they brought me around the corner and there he was in the doorway and there wasn't any light coming from the other side. He was a huge man. And uh, I shook his hand and it was like a five-year-old holding hands with daddy. He just had a catcher's for a hand. And I, I said, thank you so much, sir. You know, it's a pleasure to meet you. And then they grabbed me his aide, took me to the first club, and I was all set to order, you know, Bud. Budweiser, American beer, and this aide, <laughs> Weenie, just says, uh, we want a six-pack of Heineken. I looked at him like, you know what? I'm probably in no position to, to argue, but had it been up to me, it would never have been Heineken. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny, on the landing, when we when we had the beer, he talked about how you know, he was so proud of... Uh, all the servicemen and soldiers. We didn't have any incidents over there, and how uh, they comported themselves so well. And uh, then he he chugged that beer in two gulps, and then went on his way. That was that was one of the most impressive things to me. Yeah, I remember. Like I remember him giving us that talk, and he and he also mentioned. Uh, about like you know how 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 great it was to not have alcohol in the field and that like he gave us a little talk like you know you got to make sure that you are you know responsible right. leaders and that the public service yeah and then he and then with those big catcher's mitts he's cu- he cupped that that bottle because I did he did not want to give a an inadvertent advi- uh, you know uh, endorsement for uh, Heineken and I remember there's yeah. there was a story that apparently they leaked to the media he wrote and he wrote a letter to his wife saying. I really wish I could have some Briar's ice cream, and she mentioned that. And they like, they're like, "This is awesome. We're going to ship Briar's ice cream to you know to, to the field. Like, this is going to be like a big deal." So, you know, when you're, I think at general school they teach you that uh, you got to be real careful with like all these kind of like things where you can end up, you know, inadvertently advertising something. So, um, we got uh, just about eight minutes to the break. We're going to break in eight minutes and then we're going to, we're going to come back. So I want to make sure we get through some of this other stuff before we start taking some calls. And whatnot. Yeah. So let's roll back the timeline a little bit. ADA basic course. Um, 
it was like version 2.0 for West Point, you said, right? Like, uh, it's just less supervision and more beer, right? So tell me about, oh, some, yeah. tell me about some of the antics of uh, OBC. Exactly. There was, uh, it was one of the best times of my life. Made a lot of great lifelong friends. And, and what was unique or ironic is a lot of these guys I didn't know or barely knew at, at school. And, um, you know, the perfect example, John Palsico, um was in my small group at OBC, and, and we never knew each other at West Point. You know, we've been best friends ever since, and he and his family just came this past week to New York for a few days. And, um, you know, there were, there were a lot of guys, uh, a few of the hockey players. The hockey guys were really good laid-back guys. Brooks Cretion, Paul Haggerty, Brad Hamaker, among others. Um, and uh, we, we just had the time of our lives. I wasn't married yet, and we we did not waste a second. We had a ball. You know, we played, uh, played on a real bad softball team together, took a couple of epic trips to Mexico. Um, there was always something going on. I, I was fortunate. I had a two-man BOQ, but with only one key. So I was the only guy that lived there. And uh, so, you know, I hosted a lot of events. That's awesome. <laughs> and you said for like five bucks or ten bucks, you could like go out for the night in Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, um, good God, I don't know how we didn't go blind. We <laughs> would start the evening once we crossed the bridge in an alley where they were doing uh, quarter shots at tequila. And um, so that's that was our pregame. And then we'd pay one price at a club and just pair it up. Um, it's a miracle we got back across the border in one piece a couple of those nights yeah uh, so speaking of yeah, uh, great you know, speaking of classmates, I mean, you mentioned Paul Haggerty. He was he was with you there at uh, at uh, at uh, ADA uh, uh, OBC. T- tell me a little bit about about some of the things you did with him. Yeah, well, we were in the same small group, so. So I got to know him a bit, uh, real well, actually. And um, he's, he was one of those guys that uh, I, I actually, and at that age, you know, we were all pretty arrogant and uh, pretty confident. But he, he was one of those few people I wanted to actually be more like. He just, the way he carried himself, uh, just the nicest guy and, and super talented in so many areas. And one of the most humble guys. And... Uh, you know, we would we would always, um, no matter how late we were out or tearing up Mexico on a Saturday night, we'd always run into each other uh, at church on Sunday and often went to brunch. And, um, yeah, just uh, as fine a guy as I ever met uh, in the Army. And um, so, yeah, we, uh, you know, his loss was a terrible loss. Um, he's just as nice a guy. As, as I had the pleasure to know. Yeah, just a good, good dude. I mean, I, he was one of those guys, too. He was like one degree of separation. I, you know, we, we knew each other. We had a lot of good friends in common. I didn't know him that well. But interestingly, later on in life, I got to know the rest of the Haggerty family because I, I now work uh, for his older sister, Roseanne Haggerty. And uh, she runs this nonprofit called Community Solutions. And she's like a world-renowned, like, uh, amazing thought leader and just kick-ass person in, in ending homelessness and ending veteran homelessness and and uh, so yeah. it's no surprise to me that that he comes from that same level of stock. I mean, just 
super humble, yeah. super smart. Um, although Absolutely. you 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 mentioned that Ags did four years of staff, though, right? He did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. He, uh, I guess, he and I were part of that elite group that helped make the top ninety five percent of the class possible. Um, which I guess, to one degree or another, that's why a lot of us ended up in in air defense. Um, but I don't regret it for a second. We, um, we had, we, we made anything fun down there. You know how in OBC you had the endless series of lectures? Yeah. Uh, we, we actually found a way to make those fun. Um, after just a few days, we identified those, you know, 10 or 12 people that every lecture were going to, one of them was going to ask a question. So I started putting their names in a hat guys would put a dollar in to draw a name and if your name asked the first question you kept pot so that was like lunch money for the day you went anywhere from 10 to 14 dollars every lecture so um that actually made the lectures more interesting and fun yeah that's awesome you know i, I was just i was at fort so which is the new home of ada this past weekend and we're talking a little bit like like ada is now like like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with that branch because they're they got the whole anti drone thing going, so all those shorad guys are back in 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 vogue and they're trying to like figure out some like shoulder fire like lasers and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Like that's a whole like there's there's a real mission. Not that there ever wasn't a mission, but ADA is now like you know the tip of the spear uh, with a lot of a lot of the upcoming uh, threats. Yeah, it so. seems to run in cycles. You know, during the Gulf War. Uh, the Patriot missile and the, the high altitude stuff was was uh, in real demand, and then uh, you know with the current conflict, it's it's not so much needed. But I guess for the next one, and and as you said, with the drone threat, um, it's going to be it's going to be more and more critical. Yeah. So just we got just a minute or two before the break. Just walking back for a second because one of the one of the one of the intentions here is to remember our fallen classmates and Hags is. Uh, a real special guy. So I, I still stay in touch with uh, Trisha, his his wife, um, and she's remarried, but she is like as much of a Haggerty as any Haggerty could be. Like she's still very connected to the whole Haggerty family. She's like uh, she's just another Haggerty sister, and I think there's like yeah, six I have of no them. Doubt. Or yeah, she. Um, I met her down when she uh, down at OBC when she visited, and you know you just see the the quality. You know they they were perfect for each other. Yeah, and um, I had the opportunity to meet uh, his boys at a golf outing that, ironically, we had for Tom McKeague, another fallen classmate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after that, I, I wrote wrote the boys some memories I had of their father, and they called me right away. And uh, you know, so I was always reluctant to to do that because Paul and I had fallen out of touch, like so many of us do. But the connection and you know, the connections we have are still there and, and you know they don't, they don't have any memories of Paul so you know whatever I was able to provide they uh, they called me right away and it it seemed to mean a great deal to them and, yeah, um, yeah they cherish that letter they cherish that letter they still have it Trisha told me and and you know Luke Luke his oldest son uh, I think I forget it was Luke and Nick but um, Luke graduated from Amherst uh, College, and uh, Nick is, I think, currently still going to Fordham, and uh, so they're they're doing like excessively, like really, really well. One of them looks identical to Paul too; they look exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they got the best from both of them. Yeah. Um, 
you know, physically and in terms of character, they're, you know, they're, they're terrific boys. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy McTeek, I haven't, you know, he's another great dude. I mean, um, tragic, tragic loss with him as well. Um, miss him terribly as well. We'll certainly talk more about him and, and other podcasts as well because he's, he was another just, uh, Great guy yeah, Tommy campus. was real, real popular, real well liked. Everybody knew him, and you know, I mean, for me, you know, him singing "Born to Run" was uh, <laughs> certainly one of those recurring memories. Yeah, <laughs> I saw his dad. I actually sat with his dad and with Mrs. Haggerty, uh, uh, Paul's mom, at the uh, at the twenty five year re, uh, uh, memor- uh, memorial service. And so, are you ready to take the break? We'll take the break now. Yeah, take the break. John? All right, very good. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with John right here on the Old Grad Podcast on Dreamstream Radio and DDVRadio.com. dot com. Tri-State Health and Wellness. If you're searching for a doctor who truly cares about your health and well-being, contact Dr. Alex at Tri-State Health and Wellness. Dr. Alex specializes in treating law enforcement professionals and their families and features special hours to accommodate alternating work schedules. All necessary testing can be performed in their friendly and comfortable environment. Contact Tri-State Health and Wellness located in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Call 201-791-7771. That's 201-791-7771. Dr. Alex at Tri-State Health and Wellness, a premier sponsor of TheBlueMagazine.com and DDVRadio.com. Kale Orthopedic Center, high-performance care for bodies in motion. Kale Orthopedic Center is proud to provide comprehensive orthopedic care for the men and women of law enforcement and their families. Contact Kale Orthopedic Center at 201-447-3880. Kale Orthopedic Center, high-performance care for bodies in motion. If you're looking for a new vehicle or a certified used vehicle, look no further. Visit Wayne Ford, New Jersey's law enforcement preferred dealer, featuring the largest inventory of pre-owned certified vehicles. Wayne Ford is conveniently located on Route 46 in Wayne, New Jersey. Contact Wayne Ford today. Toll free 888-349-6857. That's 888-349-6857. The Blue Magazine. The nation's unfiltered and independent voice for law enforcement. The Blue Magazine's main objective is to strengthen the ties that bind us together as brothers and sisters in blue. Featuring relative, helpful, and interesting articles while publishing the true and uncensored story. Stories of the men and women in law enforcement who have taken the oath to protect and serve. Visit thebluemagazine.com. That's www.thebluemagazine.com. If you're a police officer, you know that visibility is a key safety issue. Now it's time for you to be the light in the darkness with the world's first patented rechargeable LED identifier, Body Beacon. Whether it be traffic enforcement or search and rescue, increased visibility is key to your safety. Inform your purchasing department about Body Beacon. Visit rescueleaders.com or call 862-221-9069. Homebridge Financial Services. Offering mortgages for everyday heroes. Contact Michelle Hendershot at Homebridge Financial Services. Call 973-464-7119. That's 973-464-7119. Are you looking to purchase a home in Florida? For more information, contact Jenny Ramirez. Call Jenny Ramirez. Ramirez at La Rosa Realty. Jenny Ramirez has been finding homes for law enforcement officers for over 15 years. Call 321-946-8555 or visit jenny.larosarealty.com. Are you looking for the best dentist and dental care services near you? Discover the Silverstrom Group Difference. Conveniently 
located in Livingston, New Jersey. The Silverstrom Group is the winner of the Best Dentist Award for five years in a row and voted New Jersey Top Dentists for 2018, providing exceptional and compassionate care. The Silverstrom Group. Call 973-992-3990. That's 973-992-3990. If you're a member of the law enforcement profession and are looking to establish long-lasting business relationships with businesses that are blue-friendly, it's time to visit visitblue.com. Visitblue.com features some of the best doctors, lawyers, realtors, as well as other service providers, such as home improvement and financial services. If you are looking for reliable, trustworthy service providers, visit visitblue.com. That's www.visitblue.com. If you're looking for the widest variety of talk programming, entertainment, news, and information, you found it. DDVRadio.com features programs such as Uncle Floyd Radio, The Wise Guys Show, and Blue World Uncensored. DDVRadio.com, the official radio network of VisitBlue.com and the TheBlueMagazine.com. And now program ddvradio.com all right we're back and i guess we got a phone call coming in so uh see who this is john you're still there right john keenan sure am, yeah right, let's see who's calling here who's who's on the line actually they dropped off again they so did they dropped off. all right well all right <laughs> we're, we're gonna try to give them a call we're again here yeah. <laughs> i saw brooksy's i saw i saw brooksy's on the line it's probably brooks creation he's probably he's probably he's probably heckling us right now so i i get to see the facebook feed as this is uh, happening so it's kind of cool let's just uh let's just let's just invite callers to call in right now 201-289-8200 we'll add you to the group call and we'll ask you what your name is and where you're calling from and that'll be your cue to chime in and we have a call coming in right now we're gonna add the person to the group call and say hello what's your name and where are you calling from? From West Point. I'm sorry, your first name? Holly. Holly. Oh, God. <laughs> the, Hi, Holly. This, that's 91 I, headquarters right there. She's calling in for 91 headquarters. West I'm Point. so excited. I'm the first one to make it in. <laughs> that's awesome. How you doing? What's going on at West Point? Not much. I'm getting ready. I just hosted uh, John Richardson here this weekend because he's dropping off the sun at USMAPS tomorrow. Wow. Cool. Another another cool. generation. That's like the fifth generation of Richardsons, I think, right? It is. They call him, uh, they call his son J5 because he's Johnny Richardson the fifth. That's what his wife calls him. And then he calls Johnny J4. Wow. Well, that's what I'm going to start calling him. Wasn't he the first one to pin on a star? Yeah, he was our yep, first classmate. He sure was. Yeah. He's down at the Pentagon. He's, I mean, he's he's actually like three years into having one star. He might be getting picked up here again for another one at some point, I, I would imagine. He is, and D.A. Sims. And we've, we've got a whole bunch of people we got nine. Um, getting we got, ready to pin on. Yeah, we got nine. We're going to be the class that the stars shine on. You think so? I hope so. Yeah. I yeah get, Jamie, you could have done a lot better than me. I mean, look at we got generals in our class. The first <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but I'm so intimidated. <laughs> I'm so intimidated by them. I'm getting, I'm getting like locked up and hazed by them. Like D.A. Sims will like lock me up, man. DA is a great so, dude. <laughs> so I've got John, I've got to ask John a question that you didn't ask him, Jamie. All right. I need you, John, to elaborate a little bit more on your stand-up comedy career. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I um, I did stand-up from uh, 2003 till uh, for about 10 years, and. Um, 
my uh, we had kind of a well we had a family tragedy my brother was paralyzed um, and so I haven't gone up on stage since you know life stopped being funny there for a while but um I'm gonna I'm gonna go back up I'm gonna get back up um, one of these days hopefully sooner than later because uh, yeah it, it was fun it was one of the funnest things I've ever done you know strangers were laughing so um, you gotta let yeah, us know like when it happens. That'd be awesome. I, yeah, I will definitely. I, I be there. actually performed in the city for. Uh, it was a benefit for Tom McTeague, and um, you know, down in uh, I think it was Caroline's, and mm. strangers laughed. So you know, that was fun. One of these days, I, Holly, I, I told Jamie when we spoke last week. I said, you know. I, I do stand up five times a day at the high school I teach in, and I, I bomb miserably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think John that we need to go ahead and contract you for our next reunion, and so you will be the entertainment part of our next reunion at the banquet. Oh God, help us! All right, well, I better start getting back up on stage and, and developing some skills again. Cause That'd be awesome. Right, you know what? Um, uh, okay, here's here's my plan. Gonna... It will be truly an old grad stand-up routine, so you can start. Um, writing all your material now. You can get some of it from these podcasts. People can call in and say, do you remember this? And and then you could just build on it. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I, I referenced West Point, you know, I said uh, several times in my act, you know, I graduated ranked 906 in a class of 890. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, so you, you don't have the... Um, the award that Mark West has, which is he's the member, one of the few members of the Square Root Club, which means that the square root of his GPA was greater than his GPA. Wait a and minute. if you're a math person, then yeah. you know that that means that, you, that means your GPA is less than one. Oh, yeah. And so for one semester, he was a member of the Square Root Club. So that's a very esteemed title. That is some that is some rarefied air. That is some yeah. rarefied air. I never uh, I never pulled that off, but I was consistently just above one for three semesters in a row. So <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen, I'll. I'll uh, put this out for the, the two two or three people that are listening. I will get up on stage before the summer's out. We have, we have will, more than will, we have more than two or three people. I will try to make some strangers laugh. That would be I'll awesome. Alright, so now I have a, a mission. We have, well, let me sign off because in case other people want to call in, I don't want to I don't want to hog it. Oh, okay. No. Well, I think you're the highlight of the show so far. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. We're, <laughs> Great we're, to talk to you, Holly. And we're going to have Holly and Mark, hopefully, if I can get my shit together uh, and do this uh, <laughs> up there remotely. That would be kind of cool. Uh, I'm gonna that try would to be do very that. cool. And yeah. Great Hogs, our bar. Yeah. And just for anyone who's listening, we are having a big 91 tailgate. I haven't put it up on Facebook yet, but it's going to be a big 91 tailgate here for the Army Air Force game. Awesome. Awesome. So anyone who's up, who's available, so if you haven't gotten your tickets, go and order your tickets so you can make sure you're there. Even if you don't have tickets, you can just come to the tailgate. Yeah, and I just have to say, I'll put a, I'll put a plug in there for 91 headquarters too. Mark and Holly have like the coolest garage area set up with uh, a bar and uh, all 
kind of like old grad uh, gray hog type stuff. But what they also have is they have our class crest because we are now so damn old. We're out of Crest Hall. It's it's we're, it's, yeah. out, it's like it moves around Crest <laughs> Hall. Then it goes someplace else, and then they just throw it in a dumpster. And so they they scooped it out of the dumpster and they took it to their garage. So that is so cool that you guys have that. So, so what we're doing, and I'll do a, a call out to again anyone who's listening, anyone who wants to send us their reunion name tag we are hanging those up we've already got about 10 or so we're hanging them up on the crest so that then when you come into the garage you can just put on your reunion name tag and it's kind of like um it'll kind of be like cheers where go to the place where everybody knows your name oh that's so cool i have two (laughs) of them i have two of my so i'm I'm definitely sending them off to you guys so for sure Uh, yes so so holly maybe uh Maybe put into Facebook the uh, the address, and so people can actually take you up on that. That would be that would be I cool. I definitely will. I yeah. definitely will. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks cool. for doing this, Jamie. This is awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this this has some traction. I, I think that uh, there's a lot of people listening. I can see that. And I see that Kelly Laughlin, by the way, is listening. And Kelly Laughlin, I think he's on TDY right now. I missed him at uh, Fort Sill, but I met his wonderful wife Mishi, and I we sat back and we. We drank some, uh, a, a, like quite a bit of bourbon together, and let me tell you, she is awesome. I love her. She's a former Marine, and uh, she just keeps his ass in line. I could tell that. And uh, there's 591 grads. There were 591 grads at uh, Fort Sill up until a couple weeks ago, and she was telling a story about how um, Jen Eikhoff, like she didn't quite blow them off, but she was supposed to be at something. They didn't like. She didn't. She wasn't there for some reason. So they went to her house. Like walk down the street, drunker than mules, with uh, with a thing of tequila, and banged on her door, and then they they started they stayed in her backyard till like three o'clock in the morning or something. So it was just great stories about uh, ninety one uh, getting stuff done there at Fort Sill. So that's cool. And that's Kelly, I'm, awesome. well, I'm sorry I missed you. Just this past weekend, um, it was the Army Football Club um, annual golf outing. So. Anthony Noto, Brett Peckis, John Robb, Otto Leone all went up to Zulu time. So I called Harris, Morris, Hairball, and Fitzy, and I just saw Fitzy's listening, so thanks, Fitzy. Yeah, and and so they came up, and then since John Richardson was here, he came up too. So we kind of had a mini 91 reunion sitting up at Zulu time at the hotel fair, which was pretty cool. Awesome. you got to let me know when something like that happens. And Keenan, too, because we're like, I'm like an hour and a half away. Keenan, you're like two I hours should away. have. I need to have like a local grad distro so yeah. that I can say, hey, this is what's going on. Come on up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Holly, we're going to listen to you. We're going to hear you again in a couple weeks if I would do this version 2.0, uh, hopefully from uh, 91 headquarters. So hope to do that there. It will be. Yeah. Have you ever been to the coaches show that they do with Jeff Monk? And this will kind of be like the coaches show at our garage at the bar. <laughs> That'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jamie. Awesome. Bye, hey, take care. Bye, Holly. All right. Bye-bye. That's so cool. Their, their place is uh, awesome. I, I I should ask Holly how long how much longer. Hopefully she'll be there for a couple more years. But maybe with uh, you know with Mark being the the football coach, he can stay there and be yeah. there forever. Yeah, from your lips to God's ears, because they they couldn't be nicer. If you ever show up and just give them a call, short notice, doesn't matter. They're like the most hospitable. Uh, they're a great great couple. They've been great to great to me, great to so many people. So yeah, yeah I'm with you there, man. All right, so so by the way, the number again, if you're listening, it's uh, 201-289-8200. And uh, so, so uh, 
so John, when did you start being a teacher? Like when did that, when did you like transition from being a stockbroker into being a teacher? Yeah, well, I wanted to be a teacher uh, shortly before I got out of the Army, and I had a, a buddy uh, who had gotten out right before me say, no, 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 man, go into sales. Don't, this way you can determine how much money you make, and they don't tell you how much money you make. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So, you know, I asked around what different people were doing, and I ended up uh, in retail investments with Merrill Lynch. And, um, you know, it was... It was good four years overall, and I, I, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And so uh, uh, after a few years of that, I, I just went back, got my master's, and, and started teaching. So cool. um, the teaching is what I wanted to do right away, um, and I got talked out of it. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did sales and uh, investments, and I, I, I never have to look back and say what if. Um, I don't miss it. I miss, you know, I miss the money some months and, uh, you know, the, uh, the free, the free time, the autonomy. Um, but I, I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. So, there's so much to be said for yeah, my wife's a teacher, but there's also the, the, the connection to like, you gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta, you get up every day and you gotta, you got a mission, you know, you got like, you're serving the greater good. And I know that that's, that's a valuable, uh, certainly for somebody that went to West Point, like that really resonates, I think. So I'm sure that's an, another part of it as well for you. With a couple of kids, most of them have no, no clue. Do you lock those, do you lock <laughs> those fuckers up? Like do you like, say, listen, listen, <laughs> you have no, no idea. No, you don't, you don't, you don't give me any kind of stuff. No, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm, we, we have a good time, you know, most things I do, I don't know, uh, whether it's my maturity level or what, I, I you know, I want to do a good job, but I want to have a good time. So teaching is the same thing, and, and we do. We, we get stuff done, and the kids, you know, they learn, they teach. But, um, you know, we have fun, too. I, I think that's, that's a big part of, you know, yeah, to whatever degree I, I succeed in the classroom, that's a big part of it, yeah. Is there is there any... You know, like- so, like, do you ever, like, connect it, like, back to what you learned as a cadet or in the Army? Like, is there some sort of, like, arc that you sort of, like, can draw, like, saying, uh, if I hadn't had that experience in the Army or this experience at West Point, I would be handling this situation differently in your career, in your life? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know that there was ever, like, a, uh, you know, an enormous epic event uh, or a turning point like that, but I, you know, very, very frequently I've I've drawn on the experience um and you know, I, I don't know how unique this is because our, our class is so successful and talented and accomplished but for me um it was uh you know shortcomings or, or falling short and and dealing with failure you know and having failure not be not be a final or not be a final result you know being able to overcome setbacks because I struggled mightily at, at West Point, and and the irony was, I loved it. I loved it. You know, I loved uh, every day. I, I for four years, I, I really loved being there, and um, a lot of days it felt like it didn't love me back. And um, you know, so I think more than more than anything, because you know, there's been Who a lot of lot of different things, and you know, little little things. You know, sometimes bigger uh, that I've, I've been able to draw on the experience. Like, okay, this this will get through. This I'll overcome, and and we'll eventually have a good a good uh, good result. So, 
Um, and, and because we were challenged and, you know, for the first time, I, I think a lot of times people go into West Point really confront failure for the first time. Yeah. You know, I mean, for, for me, that was certainly the case. And um, I realized that, that failure wasn't fatal. I can certainly, I can certainly identify with that too. You know, I've definitely, I definitely have my share of getting my, 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 my dick kicked in. <laughs> no, sorry for. Yeah, and <laughs> and that was something in in both in sales and then uh, in education and then even getting up on stage as a comedian because um, you know sometimes the audience keeps their laughs inside. Uh, and, um, you know, learn, learn to deal with that, that that wasn't, you know, just because strangers didn't laugh really hard at everything I said, uh, it wasn't, wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, definitely. So like looking at some of your company mates, you know, in E3, uh, like who were some of the people that like, you know, lifted you up or were like, you got the good, good stories with them back in the day? Well, we, we had, we had some, some characters, uh, there's, um, uh, Howie Sleek, um, Mark Sleek is what he went by. Um, he was a bit of a legend, our plebe year. He actually threw a dip cup out a sixth floor window <laughs> and, uh, hit, he hit a captain. He hit the, uh, the OC. Oh, shit. And, um, so yeah, he was known far and wide for a while. Um, <laughs> but as far as, uh, you know, classmates that, that helped me, Gary Jeter, who was yeah. a math major. And uh, he spent an entire weekend trying to drag me through calculus plea beer, and uh, you know, and and it was like, <clears throat> like, you know, two plus two for him, and uh, you know, he just took that time because that's that's just a quality of person he was. And there was, you know, there, I'm looking at the company list that you sent me as we speak, and just nothing but. You know, really good people, and and in their own right, you know, pretty accomplished. You know, one of them's a professor out in BYU. Um, uh, Kelly's still going strong in the Army. He's a full colonel. A lot of them are successful with GE and some other companies. Hey, Kelly's, and, uh, Kelly's got his PhD. Did you know that? He's got his PhD. That's incredible, Kelly Laughlin. I know, I know. He, his wife was telling me like some of the stories. I mean, he, he this guy, this is a guy who's definitely made it in the army. But he 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 came from per, some very humble beginnings, and uh, you know, I I didn't know Kelly that well at West Point, but I you know he this is a dude. I mean, and he you know he and Bax Bax is similar to to this. And I'm going to say this too, Bax. I don't know if you're listening. Oh, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up Bax. <laughs> Bax he's is another guy I got friendly with down at OBC. Yeah. I mean, he's as nice a guy as can be. Now, I, I don't know what happened. I saw a picture of him recently on Facebook. Did he, like, uh, did he get into bodybuilding or something? Yeah, he's all, he looks like all, he could bench. Yeah, I think, well, his daughter, you know what he is? He looks like he could bench press Canada. I think his, oh. his daughter's at Auburn. She's, like, into all physical fitness stuff. And so I think she's got his ass, like, on the, in the gym, going to the gym, working out. I think that's what it is. Yeah, he's got arms like legs. Yeah, you know? he does. He does. Backs. But backs, you know, backs is one of these dudes. He was the greatest guy in the world, and he, like I'm, a, I'm, a, I may embarrass him for a second, but I remember as cadets, he was sending money home to his family. You know, like on our 68 bucks a month or 125 bucks a month, he cut out a little piece and sent that home to his mom. That's how good of a dude Bax is. You know, I mean, and coming from also humble beginnings, and now here he is. You know, 
you know, he's coming out of brigade command. He's in the hunt for a star potentially, and uh, just the greatest dude with the best, one of my best, best friends in the world. And I was so happy to be there this past weekend with him and Melissa and his yeah, family. It was that's awesome. That's really cool. I mean, I, I haven't been in touch with him since OBC, but I just, you know, know the kind of guy he is. Not, yeah, he's a guy you can root for. I hope he gets that star. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be all, that'd be it. That'd be, yeah, I was just, a, you know, another mutual friend of ours, Musso George, right? So he's my roommate. I know that you're buddies with him too um what a great dude that guy is another another guy awesome. from, yeah awesome the, guy yeah so happy he got that star and uh, like i mean another guy that just like you want to cheer for and you just you want to absolutely yeah. absolutely and, I, and you know really most of the people i see that you know when they're doing these things and you know the, the more accomplished they are the 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 nicer they seem to be, you know, more humble than Doug McCormick. Good God, he's, you know, terrific guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've got CEOs and, you know, really accomplished people. And uh, most of them couldn't be nicer. So looking at your company list, too, another, another name jumps out at me here. Lumen Rolly. Lumen. He was, uh, he's my ranger buddy, Lumen Rowley. We went, somehow he and I managed to go all the way through, like stay below the, uh, he, he kind of stayed below the radar, but I got my, I got my ass chewed a little bit, but somehow we got all the way through and we didn't get recycled and we, and we were ranger buddies all the way through. What a great dude. What an awesome, awesome dude. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was quiet and unassuming, always had a smile and just a tough guy. Like, uh. You know, just a very like a, a bulldog. I, I could see him. Uh, you know, I could see him being pretty good Ranger buddy. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> I remember too. Like I, you, you just, these stories jump out at you, but I remember he had, he lost his father. I think when we were. Uh we might have been yearlings or cows or something. So his father, like his death of his father is recently in his recent past, and he's in ranger school. He spent a lot of time just, you know, getting to know somebody in ranger school. And he was talking about how he's like, you know, worried about his mom and the whole thing. And, uh, you know, he's like a good old southern boy. Like <laughs> that dude is like like big, big country, right? And uh, he, um, his, his, uh, he, so when he graduated from ranger school, <laughs> All he wanted his mother to do was bring a um, bring a red velvet cake. A red like, so she's she drives up in this like station wagon in a red velvet cake, and it's a special present for him, which is a new shotgun. <laughs> that was his getting through ranger school like present from his mom, and uh, <laughs> he picks it. And somehow you just drive on a shot, drive on to post with a shotgun. I guess not a big deal back in the day. Fort Benning. Oh my God! So she just drove into Fort Benning with a shotgun, just you know, in the back of her in the back of her station wagon. You know why not? You know, with her red velvet cake, and we pin on our Ranger tabs. We go over to the thing. Say, I got something for you, Lumen. He pulls out this shotgun. He's like, Oh God, I, I can't wait to use this thing. And he's eating this cake, and oh my God, it was so great. And that's a dude I haven't seen in like friggin' twenty years, man. I miss that guy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, you know, if if, if you were able to contact him. You'd probably catch up for about three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that, that's oh. been my experience. Guys I haven't talked to for a long time, you reconnect and then, um, you know, because we have that shared experience. And I think more than that, Jamie, <clears throat> the shared values, you know, see, it, it, it is easy, easy enough to just kind of reconnect and, uh, you know, and, and everybody, we all apologize for not keeping in touch, but, um, you know. It, it, it works. It's all good. I should also mention uh, 
give a little shout out to Dave Filer because um, he hosted us all after our uh, after dinner on our 10 year reunion and we all sat on his patio and swapped stories and laughed our asses off for about four or five hours and uh, that was a great trip down memory lane so uh, I have him to thank for that but, um, yeah yeah a lot of a lot of good people. A lot of good people. You gotta and you gotta be deliberate too about making those new memories, you know. So uh, making that happen. So yeah. So yeah, I s- we, you know, it's just you know, you, and and you always say you're gonna, and life gets in the way. And, yeah. Uh, you know, there's no excuse, but it is there by way of explanation. Just kind of happens. Time goes by, and there you go. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, so by the way, I, I, we didn't even get on to this, but like, so you, obviously you're married, you got kids. What's what's the story, man? Give me the give me the the family family rundown. Yeah, my uh, my wife was my cousin's college roommate, so I met her right before first year, and uh, <clears throat> so we dated that year, got engaged uh, graduation day, and um, got four kids, uh, two girls. 22 and 21 and boys 18 and 17 and so uh, got one in college one out of college and one heading to college next year and one graduating high school so wow that's awesome so where's uh, what what colleges you're looking at I'm sorry what what colleges are you what colleges are you looking at Uh, oh the girls the girls went to uh Albany, State University of New York at Albany, uh-huh. and um, so yeah, they, they did real well there, they're real happy, and um, my oldest son is heading down to Marion Military Institute uh, next month, and then, God willing, he'll be uh, in the next class at West Point. Wow, that'd be awesome. And another 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 Academy uh, uh, legacy family. All right, so we are at the uh, first edition of the Old Grad Podcast, and this is uh, a concept that was uh, kind of developed over a couple beers uh, a while back, and the, the idea is to be able to help us stay better connected as classmates. It's also about trying to drive better participation uh, around giving uh, because uh, it's very important for us. We're coming up on our 30-year reunion, and we have this uh, commitment to fund the Cyber Center chair. And so uh, one of the things that uh, we want to also infuse into this podcast is the importance of giving back to West Point, which is something that is uh, so influential on so many of us, uh, probably all of us, I would think. And so that's another reason. And, of course, we want to we want to recognize uh, our fallen classmates uh, who are no longer with us and be able to tell stories about uh, back in the day and uh, and also lift each other up where, where necessary. So we're just getting through a couple of technical difficulties here with our first podcast. We're going to probably call John Keenan back in just a second. We had some... Uh, some static on the on the line, but we'll we'll uh, be able to do that again. And if you want to call into this podcast, uh, you can call in in about two minutes. You can call into area code two zero one two eight nine eight two zero zero. We recently heard from our cl- our classmate Holly Fishburn West, who's a colonel and she's up at West Point. She was doing like operations and planning up there. I don't know what she's doing now. I think she's I think she changed jobs, but she's. Uh, She's still up there in the in the head shed there at West Point. Got all the inside scoop, and she's got two kids, uh, her son and her daughter. I think we messed this up. I think Keegan and is uh, like a 
like a firstie and Lexi is, I think a yearling or a cow. And so, um, so she's got two kids there at West Point, And, um, that is like another one of those legacy families, the Fishburne family. It's like the Richardson family. There's a gazillion generations and cousins and whatnot. And so that's pretty cool. And we have quite a few classmates that have cadets right now. I know that, uh, our next two guests, Andy Hall is one. Uh, he's heads up the Cyber Center. He's going to talk about our class gift. But his daughter is, uh, I think she's a rising firstie this year. And and then um, uh, we're, uh, we're going to, of course, be talking at 91 headquarters with Holly and Mark in a couple weeks. So Maybe a quick shout-out to the members in your group on your Facebook page there. Sure, Anybody yeah. that you've missed? No, we have uh, quite a few people that are uh, seem to be following along here. So... Uh, Vince Lindemeyer is, uh, is, is, I think, listening. We got um, Kelly Laughlin, Alex Porcelli. We've got uh, Reggie Crenshaw and Chris Barden and Stephanie Tutton and uh, Matt Lewis. We we're just finishing up talking about. So your son is uh, going to uh, going to school, uh, going to uh, school down south, and hopefully transitioning to to uh, West Point at some point, right? You said, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. That's the plan. So, um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to go on too much, but, uh, you know, for my kids, one one thing I do want to say about them uh, for the world to hear is I'm very blessed to have four kids that uh, I I genuinely like, you know. I mean, everybody loves their kids. They're, uh, whatever they're going to accomplish or not in this life, uh, they're good kids and, um, we we laugh a lot, and uh, I, I genuinely like them. They're good people, and uh, so I just want to give them a little shout out there. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me. Yeah, no, no, that's so, awesome. That's awesome. And so, so what are their names and ages again? Uh, Jamie and Casey, my two girls, and Sean and Aiden, uh, two boys. And what ages are they? Uh, Jamie and Casey are twenty two and twenty one, and the boys are eighteen and seventeen. Wow! So you're almost you're in yeah. the glide path there. You're about to. Uh, about to be empty nesters here at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a little daunting, yeah. but um, yeah, we'll have to make do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I I can't even think about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you think about paying for that, all that college coming up? I think uh, that's what you got to do. You yeah. got two of them, kind of. You know, one of them out. I think, right? You said twenty-two. Yeah, one's one's out of college. She's uh, she's working. She's living back home, and she's uh, she's working. And uh, so yeah, so you know, it, it's kind of nice when having them all four under this under the same roof now in the yeah. summertime. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it while I can. Yeah. So Matt, by the way, Matt Lewis's book is coming out later this year. So uh, that's that's uh, to be continued. But his book is uh, I got an opportunity to read the the early version of it, and it's really excellent uh, guidance in terms of uh, the challenges of transitioning and uh, and and what it's like, uh, you know, to reenter uh, civilian life. And so I think that's a, a you know a great book for uh, for people to to really. Um, to take up and uh, and read that, so it'd be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to that too. Um, Ted Russ, our classmate, had a had a real good book called Spirit Mission. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was he did a great job with that. I hope hope you have him on. I don't want to I want to you know 
<laughs> I, I don't know who to have on, but dude, he'd I, be a great candidate. I, yeah. Well, I mean, let's see. First, we're get through the first six months, right? Like this one's going great, and we're having a lot. <laughs> we're talking about a lot of good stuff, but who knows? We may run out of stuff to talk about. I don't think so. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. And uh, by yeah, the way, but, too. Um, I, okay. Go ahead. Uh, no, you you go, you go. No, uh, I know Mark Beach, the Sports Illustrated writer. Didn't he have a couple of books? Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're uh, pretty prolific. Our classmates, and also uh, Doug Doug McCormick wrote Family Inc. It's another book. That's He's right. That's book. right. Yeah. Family Finance, incredible. And yeah, nationally, these uh, these uh, super smart guys. So. Yeah, so there, you know, we have two Matt Lewises in our class. So you got Matt Lewis L O U I S and Matt Lewis L E W I S. And right, so, Fort Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the first Matt Lewis, the one who wrote the book, and you know, he's a one. He's all, you know, he's he's a high speed, low drag kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. And then Matt Lewis, who by the way is also high speed, low drag. He served like you know twenty some odd years in the military, aviator, like stud, you know, and got kids that are eagle scouts and you know he's commanded uh, aviation you know squadrons or whatnot um but what i remember about that dude is he stole an ambulance when we were firsties uh army navy week and he drove it around like slow motion drove it around central area that to me that's that does not quite meet the general Schwarzkopf uh uh, story, but it's, it comes pretty damn close, I think. I mean, and he yeah. he walked for that one, man. He, they, they they threw the book at his ass for that. So wow, yeah, I he, never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they were trying to say he stole it. I was like, I didn't steal it. I'm like driving around. You could see me the whole time, just right around Central Area. What's the big deal? I'm just taking a little, you know, taking a little spin with this uh, with this ambulance. You know, like you know, lighting up people. So yeah. Yeah, wow! Well, that, that, I tell you, see, that that to me is pretty ballsy. <laughs> That's awesome. Because that, there, there's real consequences. You know, I mean, if I walked a few hours, I might have gotten a slap of the wrist. Had General Schwarzkopf said no, you know, he could have gotten in real trouble. So yeah, that, yeah. he got in, he got in real trouble. I think he got a first class board for that. If I'm not mistaken, I think he Jeez. I think he I think he, yeah. I think he did some some area time for that. So. That's uh, that's quite a thing. So you live not too far from West Point. You get up, you get up there for games and whatnot, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I try to get up there a few, uh, a bunch of times a year. I, um, I, uh, you know, my dream when I grow up is to, to coach basketball. I coached high school basketball out here for a short time, and I work at the uh, most years at the Army basketball camp and um so i get up to some basketball games and some football games and i love it and i, I just never get tired of it it's, a, it's still still kind of a special place and uh some days i can't believe i actually graduated from there yeah uh <laughs> it is a special place you know i mean I, yeah. just recently I was, my nephew's up there he's a baseball player he's a he's a yearling and uh, I was up there visiting him, and I was up to also up there for another event. The um, there's actually you believe they have this LBGTQ uh, like thing, uh, like this uh, club up there. I mean, which is you know I I completely admire them for having you know the, like leaning in and being on the right side of history and all that kind of stuff. And I was up there with my daughter because I just it was important. I, I wanted to be able to just kind of show her how advanced we've become um, at West Point, but. Um, you go there at night, man. You sit on that plane and you just like kind of look off into the distance, and you just like, yeah, this is like, it's unbelievable the the kind of gravity of being able to be there and kind of see that. And I, I just is such a special place. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I think even even the most cynical cadet uh, 
and I've seen this. You know, even the most cynical cadet, while he or she is there, um, you know, as the years go on, I definitely develop a fondness for it and kind of that, you know, whatever whatever bad feelings they had toward the place go away and uh, get replaced with something pretty awesome. You're, you're reminding me of some comments that uh, Alex Rogers said about uh, Eric DeYoung, our classmate who passed away last year. And I, yeah. I, um, I, I recently saw um, Dory DeYoung uh, was generous and she made a donation to our class. And so thank you, Dory, and thank you to the DeYoung family. Or I think DeJong. I don't know if it's DeJong or DeYoung, but there's a local family that same spell, same spelling. They, say, they pronounce it the young, but what a great dude he was! And uh, I think he was one of those kind of guys. They talked about how cynical he was, like as a cadet, but like eventually developed like this great fondness for uh, for West Point and um, very special guy. Uh, I got the chance to go to his memorial service at our 25th, and uh, and he is uh, his cremains are actually at the West Point Cemetery, so he's he's there uh, for uh, for eternity. So he's part of part of the. Uh, Part of the whole uh, West Point yeah, experience. Yeah, we got. A, there's a few classmates there. Yeah. Um, Paul Haggerty and uh, Bill Love and a few yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 25. We've lost 25 classmates, and um, that's incredible. I we when we spoke last week, Jamie, I, I you know I commented on how you know how few were were combat related, mm-hmm. and you know how young. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, really, for for non combat. That's just you know, staggering. Yeah, well, just one. Yeah, Bill Hecker, our classmate, Company B three. We definitely need to make a point of having. If we continue this podcast, we got to have one of those B three bandits on. That those guys are all um, pretty tight. The uh, the whole bandit crew, the B three guys. So love to get somebody on from uh, from that company. Um, you know, was Shane Zender? He uh, he was in, he was ADA, but I don't think he was in your ADA class, right? Shane Zender. No, I don't know. Yeah. That don't that, know. that dude that dude was pretty funny, man. Uh, so uh, he'd be a, he'd be an interesting uh, character as well. So, but yeah, anyway, there were, go ahead. no, you, you you go ahead. No, there were there were quite a few funny people up there. You know, a lot of people didn't even mean to be funny. Yeah, I think there were. There were guys who were so smart, and they, you know, the dry sense of humor so often just got me, caught me off guard, and uh, I, I laughed quite a bit up there, you know, and a lot of it was bleeding off stress, but I, I think that's, uh, it was it was a coping mechanism for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people. Yeah. Well, John, if you could believe it, we've been on the line for a little over an hour, an hour and 11 minutes. Yeah, now. I see that. It's unbelievable. So um, let's uh, make sure that we we give the number out again if somebody wants to call in. Uh, we'll uh, make sure we take your call, and if not, we'll start to wrap this up. Uh, our number yeah, is sure, uh, no worries. 201. For half the people probably tuned out. No, uh, dude, we got uh, 15 <laughs> people on the line. I can see it. There's uh, 15, 15 people that's watching. Good. Yeah. That there's going to be a recording of this? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have this available through... Um, like an iTunes kind of download kind of thing. I got to figure out what vendor I'm going to use for it, but it should be available on all the right. like Stitcher and iTunes. So it's 201 289 8200 if somebody else wants to call in. Uh, I would just like to add that anybody joining in right now on the Facebook Live audio feed, you can 
probably within 10 minutes after the show is over. The show will be available for replay, and you can scan back and forth throughout the program tonight. So, And that's on DreamStream? No, that's on Facebook. On, on the Facebook on group. The Facebook where page. we're broadcasting okay. right now. We're the Facebook Live audio group where they're listening. You'll be able to replay that at your convenience. Okay, cool. Uh, 10, 15 minutes after we're off the air. And that's only for members that are part of this group. Too. Correct. This is a closed group, so it's not available. So all my sort of like, you know, antics and talking... You know, right. person and whatnot. It's not going to yeah, be okay. Uh, no, no problem whatsoever. All right. All right, good, good. So, now, any other questions you have for John? I mean, it's uh, it's it's your airtime. Yeah, no, this is awesome. This is awesome being able to have this time like this. So. John, why don't you throw a wrench in the works here? Why don't you do a reverse interview? Do you have a few questions for Jamie that you would like to ask him? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Do. Strap oh. in, kids. Here they oh. come. All right. No, okay. Yeah. I mean, you probably should probably do a whole podcast where somebody comes and interviews you. But um, <laughs> tell me, tell me what you've done since uh, since you've gotten, you transitioned out. I mean, did you, didn't, didn't you used to have your own business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still actually have some, some businesses uh, that I'm invested in, but I had one significant business, which was especially chemical business and pharmaceutical business. And uh, I sold that a couple of years ago. Uh, transitioned into uh, into what I'm doing now, which is mostly nonprofit work, uh, focusing on ending homelessness, uh, with actually Paul Haggerty's older sister Roseanne. And so, uh, but yeah, I had my own business, and it was a fun run. Uh, it made the uh, light sticks for the military, so the chem lights were all my my product uh, back in the day, and it still is. So the company still supplies them to the military, and. Uh, did some other things too in pharma and whatnot, but it was it was a fun run. It was a, an offshoot of a family business. I joined my dad in business when I got out of the military, and um, then I got mobilized after nine eleven. Did another bonus year, uh, and uh, and then uh, and then stayed in the reserves. But then uh, basically hung it up in two thousand five. So. Now I have a quick question. I'm going to interject here. I'm uh, the only engineer, but I'm going to throw this out there for all of the listeners and John and both uh, John and Jamie. How many of your uh, the graduates, uh, the people in your group, have you found that actually go off? And I mean, you hear teachers and John. I commend you for being. Uh, uh, I've worked in the radio industry and and, and entertainment business for uh, almost thirty year, over thirty years now. Stand up comedy is not an easy thing. If you do the reunion, you do got the inside edge because you have the inside scoop on most of your graduates, the people that you've graduated with. So that's going to be a little bit easier for you. But how many people that you graduated with have actually gone on to do something that is non-military related? Oh, a lot. A lot of people. You know, lot, or, or where they could utilize those skills. You know, I, I, yeah, that's I think, you know, getting back to the arc of the podcast, which is like, I think that we all have had a set of experiences that apply across all different fields, right? And so I myself can point to like three or four or five different events in my life where had I not had had I not gone to West Point or had the experience in the army, I would not have handled it as well as I did, right? So I'd, I've, I, you know, I've been, I've been in a situation where I have my back against the wall and I just knew how to, you know, kind of like. Um, just kind of like uh, face into it and drive forward. And so that, that I think to me is one of the things that I've seen across, you know, all of our classes. Well, that would be discipline. 
I w- it's, it's maybe discipline. Discipline, bridge, discipline it's, it's bridges the gap. It's between. resilience. It's humility. It's knowing, like, hey, listen, uh, like it could be worse. I could be like getting my ass, you know, chewed out at like Beast Barracks or something like that. that that's kind right, of the. Right. It gave you this perspective well, dealing with stuff like that. One of our classmates made a great point in terms of uh, why he thought so many of our classmates are successful entrepreneurs, and he compared. You know, uh, being an entrepreneur and starting your own business with, you know, being a platoon leader, where, <clears throat> you know, you have you have limited resources, limited information, and you know you're you're trying to do trying to get to a certain point or to advance with uh, you know, and, and you have to innovate. You, know, you have to innovate. You have to make uh, good, sound decisions on the fly, and. Um, you know, incorporate resources, get get people, uh, marshal, you know, your your network and and your team to get stuff going. And uh, I thought he made a very good, very good comparison to that. And I think, you know, it's probably probably employing those skills are a big reason why so many of our classmates have have really done amazing things in in the business world. Mm-hmm. How many do you know that have actually gone on into a law enforcement career? Many. No, there's a few. I mean, a lot of FBI agents, you know, like Sharon Bowl, Sharon DeCrane, my classmate. She's actually doing some high-speed shit. She's, like, flying, like, like you know, stealth aircraft, like, around the D.C. area, like, all the time. She's, like, doing all that stuff. Oh, it's so, interesting. Like, a lot of FBI. Um, right. And uh, I don't know about, I'm sure we've got somebody who's a cop uh, working in law enforcement. I mean, there's there's... There's a, a few like paramilitary type things too. A lot of guys became contractors, you know, and uh, served, uh, you know, in you know, serve, continue to serve our country that way. And you know, th- there's there's a lot there. There's there's a couple teachers. Um, I'd say, you know, John, I know you're not alone. Uh, there's there's uh, quite a few others that have that have become teachers too. I think Eric Wilson is one, um, if I recall correctly. I think he's E two. He's a teacher. Oh, I thought I was the only one. No, 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 dude. You're. I, I right. guarantee well, then you. I'm leaving, then I'm leaving that profession. Yeah. <laughs> and there's professors, and you know, there are people, doctors, um, you know, all kinds of. Uh, I mean, uh, Norman Schwarzkopf, as we referenced in the beginning of the program. Uh, nobody can hold a candle to this man. Uh, historically, uh, have, uh, have, well, I don't know. I mean, in modern he, times, no. Nah, listen, here's the thing: he was a celebrated guy, right? He was on the front, like back back then. It was big news, right? There's still big news. We just lost, we just lost a, a ranger just just the other day, just just two days ago. We're not seeing it like like we've become numb to it as a society, right? But we got people that are out there doing shit every day and like Johnny Braga you know Johnny Vegas Braga comes up with mine and D.A. Sims and um, Kenny Mintz and uh, and uh, Todd and uh, and uh, Scotty Halstead and and uh, Pat Hines and uh, I mean everybody I'm going to leave people off this you know you know Bax and Kelly Laughlin and like, the guys continue to serve and they're not looking for the spotlight these are just very humble public servants that are just making shit happen Schwarzkopf I love him but he happened to be just, and he was great handling the spotlight, and that's why you know him. But there have been, you know, hundreds of other people as qualified as him that have just not had the spotlight or the time and chance that he had. Right. That's that's why that's, I, that's why I mentioned that is him. That's a great but, point. Yeah, that I'm, is a great point, Jamie. I, you know, and then you know, history hasn't demanded that of of you know our generation, but 
you know, we, we got some, some folks who are, you know, certainly up to that task should have come to it. But it's a good point that, you know, the, the, re- the reason, are, John, excuse me, John, the reason I, I want to clarify this, the reason I mentioned that, uh, I asked that question was, are there any of your graduates that have gone on to similar positions or continued their career in the military? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that, that's why I asked the no, question. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. we have nine general officers, and there's about to come out another list with at least, you know, a, probably another five or six of our classmates that are going to get a star this year, I think. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, like we're, where we are in terms of our sort of peer group is we're like at the one and two star level, one star really in senior colonel level. And so like Schwarzkopf was like 10 years older than we are now when he was given that speech or maybe even 15 years older. So, right. um, our P our time has not come yet, but we, I think we're, we're going to definitely see some people that are. They're those kind of like rock stars, you know. Yeah, I find it interesting the ratio of those who stay in the military and active and pursue a military career. Yeah. As opposed to those that do their, you know, know, like a better term, do your time. And when you feel it's time to leave and move on, develop a family, a career, or as an entrepreneur, your own business and whatnot. The ratio of numbers compared compared Uh, to each other. I want to be mindful to not drone on forever here, but you bring up a good point. I love to hear John Keenan's perspective on this too. Do you ever like think like maybe I should have stayed in? Do you ever think like uh, I got out too early? Like what's your perspective on that? Many times, but but mostly, mostly you know, I'm not from Long Island. My wife is, and, uh, so we settled on Long Island. And um, you know, I, I from from the perspective of uh, I've never I've never met uh, I've never <clears throat> how to how to say this gracefully, but um, the people. You know, I've never met finer people than I met in the military. No matter where I've gone, no matter what unit I've worked with, um, so I've questioned uh, questioned that. Um, both my wife and I are from big, big Irish families, and uh, you know, it would have gotten increasingly difficult, um, you know, as we kind of added to our brood uh, to stay far from from this area, but. Um, and and professionally, you know, I mean, you probably had the same experience, Jamie. I mean, my, my best time was, you know, as a platoon leader. I really, uh, you know, once I got on to a staff, that kind of uh, that kind of uh, skewed the experience for me, and probably for a lot of people. But um, you know, I, I, I certainly miss uh, the the quality of people that you run into in the military. No matter again, no matter where you're stationed or no matter what, what job you're doing. So, um, regrets, no, but I, I often lamented that, you know, it's hard to find those type of people. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just see I'm po- somebody posted on Facebook, a Keener Gill posted on Facebook that we have a classmate who's a chief of police of West Chicago. So we do have somebody that's in law enforcement. I mean, obviously we know there's several in law enforcement, but he's got that role there so how about that uh john lee oh west of chicago i see that yeah that's pretty wild it's pretty wild yeah for me i i think about it a lot you know i think about i think i got out too early i was telling the story at bax's kitchen uh breakfast the other day you know that i think that you know i i got out too early i wish i'd stuck in i wish i stuck around at least for company command i regret getting out as early as i did um i loved it 
Um, it probably maybe wasn't right for me for a career, but you know, they started offering those early outs to us and we were like in this like, you know, role of like being in an XO or, you know, being on a staff, just like you said. And I was like, uh, you know, they're offering this to us to, to get out. Let's, let's just do it. And if I could roll back the hands of time, I, I definitely would have stayed in longer, you know? And I think that, um, for me too. I mean, I, I just, I transitioned from one unit to the other. I'd been in Korea. So I made, you know, I got to know people in Korea and whatnot, but then I came back to a new unit when that VERP thing came out. And so nobody knew me they're like, Oh, you know, this new lieutenant's, you know, dropping his paperwork and who cares? So like if I had had somebody that would been a little bit more, uh, proactive and like intervening there, I might've stuck around a little longer, but Whatever. And then I got to serve in the reserves, and I got mobilized again on active duty uh, in 2001 to 2003. So I got back in the in the army for a while, and that was pretty cool. But anyway, so any other? Uh, we have no other callers calling in right now, right? So um, so we should probably. I mean, it's been an hour and 25 minutes, so this is a long ass podcast. Wow. So the intention was to keep it like try to keep it an hour. But um, we're, we're going to wrap it up in about another four minutes. My my engineer uh, is telling me here, so we'll wrap it up, and then we'll we'll this will be available for replay on Facebook, and we're going to have it available through various podcast media. So if you're a podcast listener and you want to download it, we'll make sure that you have the uh, access to the to the uh, podcast to listen to. Um, so John, any other uh, any other last thoughts from you in terms of? Uh, Shout out to classmates. No, well, I I want to say thanks again, Jamie, for having me on. Uh, you know, I I enjoyed this. It was it was a blast. I hope hope people enjoyed. I'm looking forward to uh, you know listening to the next next couple. Um, you know, I think it's a great idea. I'm sure, I speak for a lot of people in the class uh, that kind of share our sentiment that you know we, we want to stay connected, and uh, this is a great way. Uh, to, to kind of strengthen those ties and, uh, you know, keep us connected and kind of keep keep updated, you know, find out what everybody's doing yeah. and have a few laughs, have some fun. So uh, I really appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope this takes off and I'm looking forward to uh, listening to the next several. All right, cool. Well, thanks very much. And I just I want to also connect this back to one of our other intentions, which is that this is this is intended to drive awareness around giving back to West Point, and specifically to our class gift. You know, we're about I don't know thirty some odd months away from our thirtieth reunion, and I have a goal. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say it, and uh, the first part of like meeting a goal is is saying it and committing to it. Um, the highest percentage rate that a class has ever achieved for a 30-year reunion go- for a 30-year reunion per- participation rate is 88 percent, and that's like I don't know, class of 64 or something. I would love it if we were able to get our entire class to a participation rate of 91 percent. I think that would state that would be the most um, highest percentage rate of any class ever. Uh, it's 91, so it rings true to our to our year that we graduated. And uh, I think we can make a statement. And so Company E3, uh, you guys are at 46% right now, John. Uh, so, you, you know, you guys, you guys are, uh, our, our, our average class giving rate is uh, 53% right now. So you guys are a little bit behind the average. We got another call coming in, so we're going to take that in a second. Uh, should, should we take that now? Yeah, let's okay. take that now okay. as I add the call to the group. Hello, well, uh, let's hit the button here and welcome you to the call. What's your name and where you're calling from? 
Mark West, West Point. <laughs> Mark West. <laughs> what's up, buddy? What's up? I can't wait. Listen, I'm coming. I'm coming for your cadets, man. I'm going to play, and I'm going to. I'm not going to let up on these guys. I'm going to. I'm playing. I'm playing hard against those guys. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I like to hear right there. Hey, hey, guys! I just pulled in. I've been out of town this weekend. I was at a baseball tournament, but Holly told me you guys were doing this. I think this is awesome. This is great. Cool, cool. How's the team looking this year? You know what? Uh, I, I don't want to count my chickens for their hatch, but uh, we we got a good group coming back, and um, you know, I'm excited about getting the season started. That's for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, for those who don't know, Mark is the uh, head coach for the 150 pound football team. And every year he lets the old grads come back, and we play a little exhibition game. We get suited up in full pads, and we play against these uh, these cadets. And so I got, uh, I you know, I'm looking forward to. It. I've never done it before, but I definitely want to do it this year. So uh, it's, it's uh, was it? It's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of August, right? That's that's the time. Yep, that's it. Yeah. You, you got it. And, and you, uh, we we'd love to have you. You don't have to be at a, a 150s alone to play. It's um, you know, friends of or invited as well. So uh, we look forward to having you join the team. Yeah, cool. I'm going to be a rabble rouser. <laughs> we get you. We get you a little. We get you a little skirt, little uniform there, John. And you get up there and do like yeah. a little cartwheel or I'm something. I'm going to jump up and get stuck in the air. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So anyway, getting back to our whole giving goal here, I want to get our entire class at 91. percent That's what I want. 91. percent We're at about 53 right now. There's a couple of high-flying classes that are in the 80%. Nobody's hit the 91% yet, but the Mighty Mighty Company F1 is one person away. And uh, so they're going to probably hit it first. Uh, I should say we're going to hit it first because I'm Company F1, unless somebody else wants to challenge us to that. Uh, H4 is close to it, too. And But anyway, listen, it doesn't matter about how much. It just matters about participation, and we would really love to be, have people give into this goal. We're gonna Our next podcast is going to be with uh, Andy Hall, who is heading up the Cyber Center at West Point. And he's going to talk about the importance of the Cyber Center, the connectivity to every department and everything that cadets do. And this is a really, I mean, such an impressive uh, goal that we selected uh, and a gift that we selected because, I mean, look at what's happening in the news here with uh, cyber attacks from Russia and the connectivity to all that we have as a, as a society. And, you know, the cutting edge of cyber technology is at West Point. Uh, and so we are funding the chair that's there at West Point, and we really want to drive participation up among our classmates. Ninety-one is the goal, and I want to get us there. So, uh, John, thank you for your donation because I know that you've donated, and uh, it'd be awesome if you could help to sort of twist some arms and get your company E three to that goal. So you can help me do that. So I'll do what I can. All right, cool. <laughs> And we don't listen. Give nineteen dollars ninety one cents. I don't. I don't care. Just give something, you know. And so, like, you know, we talk about the importance of uh, the experience we had at West Point in our lives, and what a statement it is for us to be able to give back the way that we can as a class. And I would really appreciate it. So, I think we're going to wrap this up, right, uh, uh, Joe, our radio engineer. And so, I want to thank Joe and uh, Dreamstream Radio for being our host and uh, you guys are awesome and so fortunate that I have uh, a friend like you to help me do this anytime anytime all right and so uh, stay tuned for the next one it's going to be in the next couple weeks with uh, Andy Hall Colonel Andy Hall 
and uh, duty shall be done. Uh, thank you, everybody. And, John, thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, once the program is over, you will be able to hear it within about 10 to 15 minutes on the Facebook group, which is entitled... Uh, May 91. Okay, and we are also going to make this available on a podcasting platform that will distribute it through iTunes... Uh, the Play Store, Android, Android. Stitcher, yep. all over the place. It'll yep. automatically go out to all of the podcasting platforms. So please check this group back for uh, in the near future for more information that Jamie will post on where you can go and download the app. Actually, the one we looked at, there is a custom app for iOS and Android. Right, so we'll that, do that. Yep, yeah, that probably. they can download and listen to easily. So, right. Jamie, excellent job, and you will post information on your group page as to when the next show will be, which I believe you're going to be doing remotely. No, the next show we're going to do here again. Gonna that's going to be in okay. probably early August. Okay. Uh, that's going to be with Andy. i got to coordinate with him on the details. We'll probably do it on a Sunday night as well. And then hopefully we'll do Mark and Holly up at West Point once up I think, West if, Point. if I can figure out how to do it. So. Uh, we'll make it work for you. Right, we'll make cool. it work for you. So. And then beyond that, listen, I'd love to have suggestions from people, opportunities for improvement. Um, you know, you can haze, haze us a little bit, whatever. Uh, we want to make this, wanna make this a, a success. So thanks very much, everybody. Uh, thanks for everything, and duty shall be done. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.